everyone. You know what time it is. Uh, it's time for me to turn my mic up a little bit, just like this. And welcome you all to the one and only Calvin Strange cast. Back from another hiatus. However, this one was only a week long uh, and completely unintentional. And now it feels like I've been gone for like a while. It's very weird. Uh, my cat is already panicking because the door is closed. Uh, you guys know the drill. Um, they're either annoying me because the door is open and they're allowed to run roughshod on this house, or I close the door and they go into a complete panic because something has changed. Just walk through the door. That's all you have to do. There you go. Jesus Christ. It's like their brains are tiny or something. <laughs> I feel like I sound way more sick than uh, I have in previous episodes because it is February and there's at, I'm at the point now where there's nothing I can do to avoid it anymore. Uh, so you're pretty much stuck with whatever voice I got going on right now. Which is better than being me because if you're me then you have to, to, have to live with the sick sounding voice, you know? So pretty frustrating that's okay uh hello everyone how are you how are things it has been a while uh you know my goal at the start of the year let's address the elephant in the room my goal at the start of the year was to do this podcast uh weekly and i've already failed however that does not mean that i will be um, done doing this or more apt to take more breaks I really don't want to take any breaks again um, I'll explain myself a little bit so for those who read my post on my website which I wouldn't blame you if you didn't because I don't post very often Ooh, excuse me I'm just waking up guys I just poured I just woke up, uh, peed, made some coffee, which I'm now sipping, and I got some stories about the coffee. Mm. I will never be able to, I think I would never be able to say goodbye to coffee. I fucking love coffee so much. So, um, my partner Bren... Uh, his dog, uh, Axel, who was 13 years old, he was a collie, uh, passed away. We had to put him down. Uh, he was put to sleep. That sounds way better than being put down. And uh, I got to tell you guys, I've never been through that before. I've had several cats at my parents' house growing up, and they all went missing uh, mysteriously. So... It was never our call when to say goodbye, and I almost count that as a little bit of a blessing. It's so much harder to truly make that call, you know? I mean, we knew that there was a chance that Axel was going to need to be put to sleep. I mean, he'd only been sick acting his age rather 
for about a year, it seemed like. Um, he had been so healthy right up until then. Um, but for that past year, uh, it just wasn't looking so good. Um, and that's when he started having the health issues. I don't want to get into all of it because it's depressing. But he was old. You know, he was old. It's just the way it is. Um, and he was happy. Um, he just he struggled near the end there. Um, stop. Idiot. Um, so, yes, Axel was a bit sick near the end there. Um, wasn't doing too hot, so we were going to already bring him into an appointment on the Tuesday. Well, I wouldn't have been there. I would have, I think, would have been working or whatever, but... What are you freaking out about? He's like, I can't get out. The door is closed. The door is slightly closed. To get through this door, I would have to... I would have to try. Poor little guy. He doesn't know how to try. He's just a fucking little kitten. So, Axel was not doing too well. We're going to bring him in Tuesday. His symptoms got real bad Monday. We kind of found out that day that um, we were likely going to have to put him to sleep. So we went over there, and you spend the whole day there, and everybody, it doesn't feel like a different day at first um, because... Axel was just doing what he always does or did near the end there, which was just lay around and sleep and um, you know, they were helping him drink water um, it's really sad when you think about it, when you consider that you know, they were his last moments, you know being with us, but they were they were good moments and we're all hanging around, we're watching we watched a movie we're all making jokes and we're just biding our time until our appointment is ready. And we already know, you know, what that appointment means. We get all the stuff together and we get Axel together. And he had, don't hang off of that, you moron. Fucking me. Um, <clears throat> I can't keep my train of thought ever with these fucking cats. The thing is, they know. My cats know when I'm trying to actually get something productive done. That's why I have to leave the house to do productive things. I can't work out while I'm here. So if I do a push-up, my cat will just walk underneath me and start playing with me. Or punch me in the face. That happened one time. I'm taking my pill right now. There we are. I'm trying to take my uh, vitamin D supplements like I'm supposed to, like I've been supposed to for a very long time. And then for a while I couldn't afford the pills, and then I got the pills, and now I just don't take them. So that's on me, and I'm trying to fix it. So, getting back up to speed, we brought Axel in, and the doctor, Dr. Richie, was a really cool guy, and... Um, you know, I can't imagine having a job like that where people just come in and you have to put their dogs down, but I think he probably has some level of en enlightenment 
being able to do that and, and understanding that really you're helping the dog, um, you're helping the dog move on and, and not suffer anymore. So we were all around and, uh, Axel was just laying on the floor. He's a big boy. He's just laying on the floor and we're all around him and we're all in tears. And at this point he's pretty well drugged by, by Bren's father, um, who, you know, didn't want him feeling anxious in any way, shape, or form leading up to this. Hold on. Stop. Christ, fucking kitten. Um, didn't want him having... Dumb twat just keeps playing with the fucking curtain. <sighs> it's alright, it's just giving me time to drink more coffee. Which is gonna be like super coffee to me right now. I'll explain that in a second. Anyway, if I can finish this statement about poor Axel. I won't say poor Axel, about Axel, who lived a long, good, good life longer than he was supposed to by three years um had a great personality and went to sleep very peacefully surrounded by all his loved ones the doctor i couldn't believe how just i didn't know this i've never uh put any anything anyone to sleep um uh except for people um that's a joke. Okay, it's a joke. Um, and uh, he just explains what he's doing as he's doing. He's like saying, okay, I'm giving him, you know, Bretzicrate Sarboxylate. And that is going to, uh, you know, help him uh, absorb the... Um, what do you call that shit that puts you to sleep? Anesthetic, I think. Um, whatever. Yeah, anesthesia, right? And then, I mean, he had to shave a little, a little spot off of little Axel's leg, and then, um, put the needle in there, and then give him the rest. And he told us at this point, Axel's heart has stopped, and he is deceased. And we had a moment where we're just with him, and we're just silent, and. Oh my god, the hardest part of the whole thing, the hardest part, chokes me up to talk about or think about or anything about, but I feel the need to share it here with you, was the last thing that Axel heard, because everyone else in that room was just crying, I mean, we were just sad, I was standing there, I was like, trying to be as strong as possible, this wasn't even my dog, and I only known this dog for three years. These guys have known this dog for 13 years. Almost a decade and a half. He's literally a part of the family. Anybody that says otherwise is a fucking asshole. And <laughs> the last thing that his dad was just saying to Axel was, you're a good boy, Axel. You're a good boy. That just, like, gutted me. Absolutely. 
if the knife was already in me, him saying that cut a big circle out of my stomach, removed, you know, the skin on the outside and let all my innards out all over the floor. I was completely destroyed after that point. And then he passed. Um, we all, with tears in our eyes, leave. Felt so bad for Bren. The, he said the hardest part is uh, leaving your dog there, you know? You never leave your dog anywhere. You know, you bring him to the groomer and you wait for him. Uh, you know, you bring him to the vet and you wait for him. It's like when I had to leave Toad, my cat, when we had to leave her for emergency surgery and then we had to bring her to the emergency vet and leave her there. That was really fucking hard because you just know she's going to be terrified and you know that she's thinking the whole time that we abandoned her, that we gave her up. I don't know. I don't know what these cats think. I don't know what these dogs think. It was just, that's the hardest part is leaving your, leaving your animal behind. You don't want to leave your animal behind for anything. But we did. We left him. We left him there. Um, they're gonna be getting his ashes, um, so that they can all have a little uh, piece of Axel to to hang on to. And actually, Bren's mother found the pair of scissors and cut out a lock of his fur. His legendary fur. He's such a beautiful dog. He was um, white and silver, and even had like tan on him. Um, he had like eyebrows, uh, which is hilarious. So he's just so expressive. I mean, when I first, I met, I'm just nostalgic about this dog and I hardly even really got a chance to know him. And I met him while he was already in his twilight years. I met him when he was 10, which is when collies are expected to live. So I met him, you know, after he was, and he was still in great health at that time. So he was, he just lived a really good life. Um, he passed away before Bren's parents have moved, and their plan is moving. And Axel had a lot of anxiety. Uh, he you know he couldn't go up and down stairs. Um, he didn't like car rides, which is why Bren's dad drugged him as much as he did to bring him to Doctor Ritchie's because we didn't want him thinking anything bad was ever going to happen. And luckily, he didn't. He was calm the entire time. Um, and I tried to look at it this way when reflecting, it's impossible for me. I need to breathe. I'm talking too much. One second. You begin to reflect on life and mortality. I'm cleaning up my desk a little bit while I'm talking. Because I can't do one thing at once. Stay entertained. It's a problem, but, you know, I'm working on it. As I sit here on my podcast while people are taking time out of their lives to listen to me. I'm going to sweep my desk. Uh, that just seems like a better use of my time than, uh, you know, actually entertaining the friends of mine who are uh, supporting me in this... In this uh, strange podcasting adventure there we go probably wouldn't be a problem if the cats didn't fuck up all my stuff um 
when reflecting on life and mortality, which is something that I've reflected on a lot in my life, um, and I'm not going into, I don't care what belief system is correct. I don't care if you believe in an afterlife or you don't. Um, my personal belief is that when it's over, it's over. And there's legitimately no reason to to worry about what's after. Because in my professional opinion, which <laughs> I did go to college, it's simply that uh, when it when your time's up, it's up, and we'll never know what comes after because there is no after, there is no now, there is no then. When your when your brain is no longer, you know, firing electrical signals, then that's it and I, I try not to it's something that's impossible for me to wrap my brain around because I can't think of nothing and I can't be nothing in my current form so it's a strange thing to think about but it is comforting to me to know that now Axel's timeline you can think of it as a completed circle there's a beginning and there's an end and I think they meet right at the same point point. and I've heard this phrase that life is eternal and um, I think if you look at time as not a linear thing but rather as a flowing ever-changing thing I think that will show that uh, that shows that you know, you can you can look at anyone's timeline from beginning to end as a circle that exists within the space-time continuum. Not that I even know what that is. I'm mainly talking out of my ass right now. Um, but the way the reason why it's important to me is because I sorry, I gotta fix my screen. There we go. The reason why it's important to me is because that's how I know that Axel went peacefully. His last memories was being called he's a good boy and going to sleep. He's taking a nap. And that's what he said. He said, the doc said, if you've ever been under anesthesia and known how, how quick it acts and how you're asleep before you even know you're asleep, you're asleep before it's... And I didn't realize that putting a dog down means giving them anesthesia that they don't wake up from not because you you know gave them lethal injection but you literally put them to sleep and then their organs and everything their heart stops because it no longer has the the power to keep them going through a deep sleep like that which was the worry if he was going to have some sort of surgery that he would go under anesthesia and not wake up so this is much cheaper, much less messy, and we were all there to be with him as he passed. How long can Calvin Strange talk about a dying dog? Let's find out tonight, folks. We are already... Are we 20 minutes in already? <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> uh, 
and I have done nothing but talk about a dying dog. <laughs> Guys, we're going to move on from that topic. I'm very sorry. I, again, not the best podcaster in the world, but I'm trying to get you caught up on why I missed last week. Now, I was going to try and squeeze in some time, um, but I just ended up, Brent ended up taking off some work had already already taken off work expecting this to have happened. So I took off work the day that Axel did pass, and then the day that I normally record this, which I have to do it alone, guys. I can't. If I know that there are people listening to me, like as I'm recording this, I just freeze right up because you feel weird just sitting in your room talking to nobody. But I am talking to somebody. It's just, and and it's, and I just want to thank you guys, thank whoever is listening to this. And I actually like to send uh, a special thank you out to Beverly McCormick. You are my uh, fan of the week. Fan, well, I'm gonna run out of fans real quick if I do that. So let's see, a fan of the first quarter of 2020. How about that? That seems pretty fair, you know. That gives people. We got three more candidates for the rest of the year, so that's pretty good. But uh, I just want to quickly talk about Beverly McCormick, who is, of course, the grandmother of Danny McCormick, who, of course, is the one and only Danger Kid, someone who's got an incredible future in professional wrestling and uh, has just always been super supportive of me, incredibly supportive of me, I mean... Most of the booking opportunities that I've gotten out of state, I can largely attribute to him, and I can also I can also thank him for getting my first booking ever, and uh, just always taking care of me. Both the guys in MSP, but we're talking about Beverly McCormick. She has a great grandson, but Beverly McCormick, uh, she is a, a very special person. She, we, uh, she is a wrestling fan. I don't know how long she's been watching wrestling. I don't know if this is just because Danny got into it and she got into it because she's the most supportive person ever. Um, But ever since Let's Wrestle started and she's in the front row every single show, she referred to me with as my time as champion as me being her favorite person to hate, which as anybody that plays a heel knows is the absolute best compliment you can receive and I really take it to heart especially considering I'm not related by blood of course Danny is her favorite wrestler but hey first let's wrestle match or main event of all time was Calvin Strange versus Danger Kid so it's cool that um you know she supports both of us like that um she was always texting me after shows and letting me know that I did a good job and that she she loved my performance and stuff, even if I feel like I didn't do a very good job. And um, she's just a super thoughtful person, real funny, real sweet, real kind. Beverly McCormick is a top-tier 10 out of 10 type person. Um, Danny knows that he loves the crap out of her. Um and all the wrestlers that have met her think the same way of her. So, And she told me that she missed the podcast last week. So 
that meant a lot to me. I didn't even know she was listening to these. You know, she wasn't just messaging me, filling me full of hot air. She was actively supporting me and not just and not, not making a big deal about it. So I just wanted to thank you, Beverly, for being awesome uh, and just uh, giving me the confidence and faith to keep going on with this. And the same goes for anybody else that uh, that listens to my shit. So, thank you. Now, regarding coffee. For those who don't know, my stomach had been bothering me over the past weekend. Um, hurting, and it had been hurting for a few days before that. And the hurting has subsided. Um, it seems to be that it's something to do with sodium intake and perhaps sugar intake. Um, so we're not thinking irritable bowel syndrome, which I was afraid it was. Um, it looks like it's more just a dietary thing and I'll tell you what when I get stressed out my diet suffers I don't eat as much and if I do it's usually stuff that's not too good for me because I'm just looking for that comfort you know that tasty tasty sugar sugar salt salt all the above please so one of the things that I cut out for a few days including the day of the show was coffee and uh, caffeine in general I didn't have any caffeine that day um, which I didn't even consider until the next day, and it, it explained to me why I was in a brain fog. And then yesterday, the day before yesterday, I did have coffee. Yesterday, I did not have coffee all day. 8 p.m. rolls around while I'm still at work for two more two and a half more hours, and... I start getting the worst headache. So, that caffeine headache, that shit's real, man. So this, this coffee right now feels fantastic. It's not, it's not making me wired, and I don't want to be wired. I just love the feeling of waking up. That's where it's best. So I think I'm going to try and get stricter with my caffeine intake um, and start drinking coffee in the morning only for the most part. It's kind of weird for me because my morning is later than other people, other people's mornings. And, uh, I am up later than other people for that reason. Um, I work till 1030 just about every night and usually... I just am somebody that has to unwind when I come back from doing anything before I fall asleep. I used to just be able to be hanging out at a friend's house until 4 in the morning, drive home, walk inside, and then just drop into bed and pass out. I mean, if it was 4 in the morning, I probably could do that, but I also just don't hang out with people that long anymore. It's funny how that changes. I was, I was so scared of that when I was like a late teen and a young adult, I guess you could say. Um, early 20s. I'm already in my late 20s. Jesus. 
it's like I would hang out with people forever. I mean, I, I couldn't be alone at that time. Crazy anxiety and shit like that. A lot of untackled issues going on in my brain at that time. And the thought of being alone, I mean, it drove me crazy. When I was alone, I was just practicing guitar or writing guitar. And that's actually something that's social for me because I have friends and I have, you know, bandmates. Kind of now, but at the time I definitely had bandmates. So I was always working towards something. That was something that was important to me. Or I was playing a video game. Video games always will be a big part of my life especially a good old-fashioned single-player game that's really immersive that I can just lose myself in there's nothing I love more nothing I love more than putting my phone on silent and hucking it across the room far away from me far away from my grubby hands that want to look at it that want to get that that uh that drug that that um I don't know if it's adrenaline rush. I don't know what it is, but that that serotonin shot. It's like taking a shot of whiskey, opening up your phone when you haven't looked at it in a while, and knowing that you've got all these Facebook messages and Twitter messages and Instagram messages, and then you can go and look at your timeline a little bit and learn, see what... I mean, that Facebook timeline, I have so many fucking people on there now that... I don't even know anybody that's posting on there, so I don't even look at it anymore. Twitter, I look at a little bit, see if there's anything I want to comment on or whatever. Instagram, Instagram I like a lot more because I've got my friends on it, and it's all just pictures, so it's just easier to scroll through and see if you like anything that you see, if anything interests you, and I got to use more Instagram now that I think of it. But um, Or Reddit, I'm a huge Redditor. And sometimes I'll just dry it up. There's nothing else to look at on that fucking website that's new or interesting. And I'm just scrolling through, looking for more. Just make me happy. Make me happy. Give me something to do. I need to look at something. Give me that blue light injected straight into my corneas. I need it. You don't need it. You need a really good video game. And yes, I know, before anybody says it, I understand that it's the same idea that you are just shooting blue light into your eyes. I mean, using electronics in general, it's a stimulant, a really good stimulant, too. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do other things to stimulate yourself, but I feel like I do. I wrestle, I play music, all this stuff. I don't need to justify it. Anyway... Video games. I love a good single player video game. That's how I. That's how. That's what I look forward to most when. When someday in my future, when I've finally given up on Calvin Strange and given up on my public life, uh, and I can just go back to being me and not worrying about what people are, uh, if people are thinking of me, not worry about what my uh, what the perception of me is in the public eye. When I can just go back to being me, uh, playing single player games and falling off the social grid, just like the old days. That's what I'm. That's what I'm really looking forward to. But as of right now, 
Uh, I am only playing a few games at a time. More like, well, there's a lot of games that I've never finished. One of which is Yakuza Zero. So the Yakuza games, I don't know if anybody has played these games. They're the most Japanese games you'll ever play, ever, I think. Um, They take place in Japan. Uh, They take place involving the Yakuza. Uh, They've been around for a long time now, I think since the PlayStation 2 era. And they've been around for, I think, 10 years. At least 10 years up to the release of Yakuza 0, which is a prequel takes place in the 80s you get a really cool 80s rendition of of japan to play in it's very cool it's it's neat looking at like the culture and a lot of this game is like a game of mini games i mean every time i load up the damn thing and i've been playing this game for about two years now i'm not kidding about that there's a lot of cutscenes, a lot of uh story a lot a lot of talking it's ridiculous the amount of talking and reading in this game but not only that just about every other time i play the game i'm learning a entire new system for an entire new mini game and every single one of them is really fun they have japanese board games uh, or card games that are popular i mean they use these decks of cards that i've never even heard of before that apparently are japanese you know, um, like season decks or something, or month deck. I don't know. There's like a card for each month, and four cards for each for each month. So there's twelve suits with four cards of each. I don't know. And then there's Ma- mahjong. Okay, all right. Can we talk about mahjong for a second here? The mahjong in this game. I remember playing mahjong on Windows 95, Windows 98, whatever, where you just click on them and match them. They're in that big pyramid or whatever, and you just match the tiles and you're good and you get rid of them. That's it. That's apparently not what Mahjong is. Whatever the hell it is, it's confusing as fuck. I mean, I feel like even if you translated it to English, even if you made the symbols on the on the tiles less confusing for me, I don't know if I'd be able to handle Mahjong. This this optional game, it's an optional game in this video game, has 20 pages of instructions. This includes how the game is played, what the object is, different ways to win the game, different combinations. You gotta yell Po and, and show. Po, show, yo shit like that when things happen and just like sometimes you turn your tile like sideways and then put them over here and sometimes you can take other people's and and I have no idea how you win this I have, I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing every time and I told myself I'm gonna learn it I was really determined and uh I changed my mind <laughs> cause I can't who's gonna play Mahjong with me anyway they're gonna have to learn it and no way anyone's learning that shit. It is confusing. It is not what we played on Windows. That's got to be American Mahjong. That one I can play. Hey, those tiles look the same. You win. 
Good job. You paired them. Not, uh, all right. I've got a crane and a symbol for red dragon and this one that has six oil drum looking things on it and all these other cards and, and I'm gonna make pairs if I have them or sometimes it's not pairs sometimes if you get two of this and one of that then it's equal to this many points and if you get three of them but one of them is turned sideways then it's like a whole other thing and uh you also don't want to declare too many. You can declare them and put them on the table for everyone to see, but then your hand is permanently smaller, so it makes it harder to make other combinations. And then you actually want, like, three or four specific combinations because that has some entirely different name to it, and that is going to get you a certain amount of points that is probably going to make you win. I, I, I don't know, guys. I just wouldn't play Mahjong if I were you. But Yakuza, I don't know if I'd recommend that either. It's definitely an acquired taste. I'm really enjoying it. It's got a ridiculous story. Lots of characters, lots of twists and turns. Um, and the game is just dense. I mean, they just fit so much shit into this game. And what makes it so great is, like I said, this game series is old. Well... They, when Yakuza 0 came out, the start of the game, it says, the 10th anniversary project begins, dot, dot, dot. And they remade the first game and the second game. And now they just released the Yakuza collection, remastered collection, which includes all the PS3, oh my god, sorry, PlayStation 3 titles, which is Yakuza 3, four and five and then yakuza six and i think yakuza seven hold on yakuza franchise wikipedia i'm pretty sure there's already Pretty sure there's already like a seventh. Uh, no, no seventh yet. Well, I can't tell. Yakuza Zero in 2017 in, in America, and Yakuza Six. That one has New Japan guys in it. New Japan Pro Wrestling, which I'm really excited about. Um. And then, now there's apparently Yakuza Judgment, Yakuza Like a Dragon. What the hell? So Judgment is a spinoff. Definitely gonna have to play that. I just wanna, I'm just into this whole franchise at this point. The story is so good. Unfortunately, I've heard that Yakuza 0 has the best story, which is cool that something that's released after they made five others is actually better than all the others. The downside is I'm afraid that I'll get bored playing through all the other ones. I really don't want to. Very rarely is there a game series 
that you can play all on one console. You can have the entire main series. You can have the entire main series on on one console, like I said. Uh, I don't know. That's cool. I'm lo- sorry. I'm looking at the other one. It's like a dragon. This must be. It's the eighth main release, released January sixteenth. So this is brand new. New protagonist, changing gameplay genre. It's a soft reboot. Uh, it's got turn-based RPG. That's kind of cool. Okay, well, I'm going to have to play this one as well. Listen, I'll get to it. I haven't even beaten Zero. I've been playing it for two years. I don't know how people play these games so fast because it takes fucking forever. There's so much to do in all of these. Like I said, you're constantly... There's so much part... I'm going to play this game right when I'm done this podcast, honestly. How much time we got? We're already at 40 minutes. I haven't even taken a break, and I'm not gonna. I want to get this shit done. I want to get posted. I want to get on with my life. I got to go to the gym later. I got to work out. Um, I got to do a few other things. So if I could get in like an hour or two of uh, Yakuza, I think I will be having a pretty good day. Oh, got to stretch. Oh. I just paid for another year of my website. All the more reason for me to uh, all the more reason for me to actually uh, use it more. I really need to uh, start uh, posting in my regular blog as opposed to just doing the podcast. I've been thinking about getting a keyboard for my phone. And then that way, when I'm at work, I can uh, I can sneak off somewhere. And I'm thinking about doing five minute updates. You just let me know. You guys let me know if this sounds like a cool idea. <coughs> so my idea is to do five minute updates. And how can it be five minutes if it's if it's uh something that you read on a blog you might ask well I'll tell you how uh, I give I, what I'm imagining I need to do sorry I gotta get out of here there we go uh, so my idea is I'll give myself five minutes, time myself, beep, you get five minutes, give the people an update every day, try to do it every single day, right, whatever's on my mind, whatever just happened, and I only have five minutes to do it, so that way I know for a fact that I have time to do it, 
the there will always be more content to post because it's going to be hard to get all my thoughts out in five minutes so it's probably just going to be my most recent thought um and i don't know i just think this is like an interesting idea it'll be an extension of this um hopefully i can get people in the comments of my website actually commenting on posts and uh, giving myself more content to deal with uh, when I do this podcast. Speaking of which, let's see if we got any emails. It's going to be a big time no, but we're going to look anyway. Because why the hell else are we doing this? <laughs> That's a big no on that. No... No, um, no emails. No one wants to talk to me. That's okay. That's all right. I'm going to keep asking every time I do one of these to send me emails, questions, or comments. Topics. Shit like that. <sighs> I feel good. I feel like I feel like I just let a lot out. My room, my desk area right now is getting pretty cleaned up. You finally got that uh, that Goodwill box that was behind me forever. I was talking to you guys about how fucking hard it is to get rid of anything. I just don't want to buy anything ever again, I feel like. I had that box behind here for like almost a year, it feels like. And thank God we finally got rid of it. I'm going to be moving this big fucking printer that I haven't used yet. That we got for free. I'm going to move that out to the main room so I can make this desk situation bigger and better. Uh, I moved my guitar amplifier, which is why I'm playing an acoustic with old strings. Even though I have new strings for it, I've just been too lazy to actually restring it. And I moved my guitar amp over close to my bed so that way I can just sit on the edge of my bed and play and practice while I watch TV or play along the songs or whatever. Probably not smart for a recording aspect, but I'm also not using my amp to record. I'm going to be using it uh, using the direct in, but I need to get a better I need to get a better recording equipment. But that's in the works. Um, mainly just waiting to file my taxes I got my last W-2 today finally you know it only broke the law how long it took them to give it to me but um, I'm going to use that money uh, to upgrade my studio situation and hopefully get some custom gear wrestling wise it's it's time uh, I, I've held off for so long um I get this crazy anxiety with it because I don't know I feel I don't really have a clear idea of what I want and I'm just like I just get so scared that I'm gonna get something that I don't like um which is funny because everybody else I mean they get their gear and it's just great I mean these guys have professional gear makers making their gear these people do a great job if they made shitty stuff then people wouldn't buy it what I gotta tell myself but it's tricky for me it's it's hard for me to spend money in general 
it's the same reason it was really hard for me to spend money on t-shirts and then I did and then they came out fucking terrible um, and I was not happy about it and so I haven't made more merch ever since because I feel like I I don't have a lot of money guys I live just within my means for the most part um, I get paid minimum wage which thankfully has gone up a dollar um, I don't have health insurance yet um, you know when I buy stuff it's gotta be something that I know I'm gonna enjoy that's why video games are a big one I don't spend a lot of money on video games though I get a lot of them for free honestly thanks to PlayStation Plus but I do spend money on video games here and there I spend a lot of money on food and eating out um, I like to keep some money so that we can eat out because Brent and I have differing work schedules a lot of, a lot of the time so it's just easier for us to on a lot of occasions to order order food you know which may or may not be something that we do today today is a special day for Brent I'm not gonna get into it uh, because it's personal but it's a special good day and we want to celebrate with something I'm trying to figure out I'm trying to figure out what I want to get him it's rough because I have to work out and then work so I basically miss him entirely today And then I have to work all day tomorrow, but there are no shows this weekend. There was a show this weekend that I was booked to be on, um, but that show has now been canceled. So the plan right now is to head to the dojo, uh, meet up with Mac Daniels get some shit done just uh, mix it up a bit I know there's a uh, NAWA show going on somewhere uh, but uh, I was gonna go to that but I think I'd rather stay in town and work with Mr. Mac Daniels for as long as my body holds up for uh, and try to improve that way trying to get more moves I want to be able to do more moves I want to be able to think of more moves uh, situationally so when I'm calling a match when I'm coming up with ideas or even when I'm doing the match live uh, and improving or whatever uh, I want I just want more moves more attacks that I can that I can throw it is tough um, being the size that I'm at. I'm not really big and strong enough to throw people around. Um, but I'm also not really an athletic guy. I play an athletic person. That's my character. I play an athlete. I play a technician. I am neither of those things, all right? And apparently I've played that so close to my chest that even people like Anthony Green thought I was you know, some sort of legendary technical wizard. 
so far from the fucking truth. I honestly probably wish that I'd never even pretended to do that because it set an unrealistic standard for myself. Really, I'm a character. And that's what I've come to learn is that's me. And I love learning more and getting more technical. And uh, the technical wrestling is you know, one of my favorite styles of wrestling. One of my favorite parts. But my favorite part of wrestling truly is the character. Um, and once I came to terms with that and once I kind of... That, but really, I mean, I'm looking at my WWF attitude beach blanket <laughs> that was not mine as a kid, um, but was given to me as a gift, you know, a couple years ago. The Undertaker, The Rock, Stone Cold, Kane, all four of those guys have had some of the best matches in pro wrestling history. And it's not because they did the coolest moves. Well, they did do the coolest moves, but all their coolest moves, really, were their finishers. The Undertaker. You got the Tombstone. You got the Choke Slam. You got the Last Ride. All three of those moves. I mean, the Last Ride, the Super Duper Powerbomb. That shit's so cool when I was a kid. I was like, that's the best finisher ever. You got the rock, come on. Rock bottom, people's elbow, come on. It's obvious. Stone cold, do I have to say it? No, I don't. And then Kane with his choke slam and his tombstone. But his choke sl his tombstone was a little bit different. I remember Undertaker kind of went up on his toes and then dropped. And it was a little bit slower. I always remember Kane as Kane almost like sweeped his legs out from underneath himself. Not a sit out but he would sweep his legs to go to his knees really quickly. It was like a snap tomb tombstone. And I always thought that was pretty cool. But I think the rule was when I was a kid was that Kane's tombstone is weaker than The Undertaker's, but Kane's choke slam was stronger than The Undertaker's. Um, because Undertaker kind of stopped using the choke slam as a full-blown finish. It was kind of a high spot falsy type, type deal. Whereas Kane, that choke slam was the finish, if you got that off. Anyway, you got these four guys. They're legends, obviously. They could wrestle a good match with just about anyone. But the difference is their character. The character that they had and the stories that they told in the ring and out of the ring. That's what made people fall in love with these guys. When you think about... To me, when I think about... Or now, when I'm thinking about how to be memorable, how to make people think about me when the show is done, I try to put myself in the position of someone in the audience. So, if I'm not first on the show, then I am certainly not going to look like the best wrestler on the show. Because there are just kids that are just better than me. They are far more athletic they have probably trained for longer um, than I did you know my training camp was not super long and they um, 
a lot of them just live and breathe this shit, man. Like, I don't know if they, I'm sure they have other hobbies, um, and other things that they're good at, you know, they're all so talented that wouldn't make sense otherwise, but a lot of these guys, I feel like really live and breathe pro wrestling. And that's just not entirely me. I don't live and breathe any one thing. I'm, I like a lot of things and I like to get good at a lot of things and there's just a lot of things I want to do with my life and with my time it doesn't all come back to wrestling wrestling's a major part of my life and I know I'm going to look back on these years fondly in the future when I think about the days that I was uh, chasing my dreams but what you get is you get guys um, like the maritime guys Chip Chambers, Kobe Christ, coming down here, just awesome wrestlers. Chip Chambers, I mean, there's just something about him in particular, the way he moves in the ring, the way he just flips and flops fucking everywhere, he just does the weirdest looking things, he's just like, oh, he runs up to the corner, up and over, back roll, rolls forward again, then puts his legs over, like, the bottom rope and bounces, and I don't know, I don't know. I was, he he gets in the ring like it's a trampoline, and he, he just bounces all over the whole thing. I'm really envious of it, because I get in the ring, and I do ten rolls, and I'm seeing stars, and I need to slow down. And that's probably just being out of training. Um... I do try to make it in to a ring at least once a week, and I'm gonna try to make it more of a point to get in and actually work on my on my essentials. You know, get better at the rolling, get better at the bumping, get better at uh, all the weird shit that those guys do. I mean, they just love it, and they're just super positive people too. Great to have in the locker room. So anyway, if you see Chip Chambers come out in match one, and then you see Calvin Strange come in match two, I mean, Chip Chambers is obviously the better wrestler, all right, in the ring. Now, I'm not going to say I'm a better character than him, but I'm just more aggressive about trying to get my character over because I know I can't compete with him as a wrestler I can't compete with a lot of people as a wrestler at this junction at this point in my career so it's important for me to say well how are they going to remember me well I can be loud and obnoxious I am really pale and I've got some weird hair and while everybody else is doing the crazy indie-rific moves I'm going to be cheating I am going to be the guy that people in the audience know they're supposed to boo. I'm going to make it easy for them. I'm going to make it obvious for them. I'm going to make it so that whoever I'm up against, they are just so happy when they give me my comeuppance. And yeah, I feel like I feel like it works. I feel like it works to a certain degree. A lot of people have fun uh, yelling at my character, Beverly McCormick loves to yell at my character um and you know it's great i i i love being the character it also means that i don't have to worry so much about you know i don't have to worry that i'm not someone that does backflips off of turnbuckles uh, at my size 
back in the day, if I wasn't doing that stuff, then I probably would not get booked anywhere. You know, I'm technically a lightweight or a uh, cruiserweight, you know. Uh, but, you know, you can't let who you are hold you back. And I've just decided that. You got to make strong choices about what you are and what you aren't going to do as a wrestler. You know, I hate it when anybody tells me they want me in the match to tease diving, to tease like running the ropes and looking like I'm going to dive through the ropes because I don't do that. I don't like it. I don't like to do it. I wouldn't do it. I've never done it. I've I've jumped over the ropes one time on the Eric Johnson because I mean, obviously he's going to catch me. It didn't look very good. That was a long time ago though. Um if I were to do one now, it would be an Undertaker dive, honestly. That's the coolest looking one, but that's a special occasion thing, and also, everybody does a dive, man. Everybody does a dive, so I'm just not going to do that. I'm going to be the guy that catches the dive. I'm going to be the one that takes it. I'm just not interested in doing that. Our, man, our time is up. I didn't even fucking realize. Let me get my guitar. I can get on with my day and get this shit posted. Thanks for listening to my podcast guys i'll see you next week uh i'll let you know any updates that i have with shows uh once those become apparent i mean we do have let's wrestle coming up let me look at the date real quick because i'm terrible with dates beep bop boop we're gonna keep going gonna keep this thing going before i let it go too long my computer is not cooperating it's going to make this go as long as possible um Oh, man. Oh, boy. Take as much time as you need to load, you piece of shit. All right. Posts, events. It's Less Wrestle. It's volume 14, I think. We built this city March 7th. Let's Wrestle, volume 14. We built this city at American Legion Post 84. March 7th, you were going to see me and my protege, uh, Dave Dyer, 
the Belfast Bulldog. We are going to be teaming up, taking on the Stigma. Eric Johnson, Brandino Davis, I think is his last name. For the Tag Team Championships, will the Classic Core, me and my protege, come out victorious? The answer to that is uh, no. Or yes. Probably yes. See you guys.